When we pull ourselves back to our breath and we can have conscious awareness around our breath, that's when we start building tools of mindfulness. Welcome to the Rebel Health Coach Podcast with Tom Underwood. Armed with truth and knowledge, your journey to a healthy lifestyle can be obtained. Preventative wellness, quality nourishment, and daily fitness routines dramatically improve your outlook on life as a whole. And you'll find the support and info you need to accomplish a healthier lifestyle here. Together, we can empower each other along our journey to an amazing you. Today, I've got Paula Umel as my guest, and we are going to go into mindfulness because, you know, we're going into the holiday period, and mindfulness is something that we really need to address constantly, but more so when we are in this fight or flight mode through the holidays. So, Paula, welcome to the Rebel Health Coach podcast. Well, thanks for having me. And yeah, I'm glad to have you. We finally figured this out. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it took a while to book, but I was, yeah. So anyway, I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, I know that you're a yoga teacher and a herbalist or herbalist. Herbalist, mm-hmm. Let's get the herb thing situated before we go any further. <laughs> okay. Is it herb or herb? Well, it depends if you're talking about a human or a plant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's herbalist, yes. Herbalist. My I'm the, my podcast editor from he lives over in Europe or England laughs at me when I say herb. So, oh, no kidding! And I agree with him. It's herb. He says, right. "So you're a yoga teacher, an herbalist, and a Reiki master." Reiki, right? So tell us about yourself, and I know that you've published three books, and I will give the the those into I will put those in the show notes for the listeners. But the most recent one of your co-authored with another lady. Yes. And that's Weaving he- weaving Healing Wisdom. Yes. But tell the listeners about yourself and how you got into this yoga teacher, herbalist, and Reiki master, and functional medicine. Just let's touch base there before we get into mindfulness. Okay. Well, I started out and when I was 18, I went to nursing school and I learned very quickly that we don't do anything to help people get healthy. We just keep tossing medications and surgeries and chemo and that kind of stuff at them. Um, And that just led me down the path of learning about plant medicine to heal people. My grandfather made all his own herbal medicine, so he probably led my mind in that direction. And then just over the years, the different things that I've done with um, health education and natural healing. It's all kind of flowed into energy healing with the Reiki, learning more about plant medicine, and then not feeling like I had what I needed to be a really good health coach. I wanted to get really deep at the roots of what people's problems were. And I found the functional medicine, which has been quite the blessing. And then yoga, just kind of, I've been doing yoga for. 26 years. So it's a great way if you can, if I can convince my clients to start doing some sort of yoga practice, even if it's not even the asana, they don't do any postures at all. But if they just do the mindfulness stuff, it helps them work on their lifestyle changes much more easily. So it's been lots of fun over the last 30, 34 years. Wow. that's That's a long time. 
Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time learning lots of stuff. I put on my plans for 2018, or one of my goals is to start practicing some yoga. Do it. And I do the mindfulness part for the you know first thing in the morning. I I make sure that I drink water, and we'll get into this a little bit. But I also go out and ground myself. So do I. I so my first thing is to walk out the door no matter how cold it is in my bare feet and ground myself. So do I. So, and I mean, people laugh at that, but there's a a lot to be said for starting the day off with the fresh air and being grounded. And we will cover that as we go. But another pronunciation that we need to get is the Reiki. 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 Right. Reiki is an energy healing. Okay. Okay, so it's Reiki and herbalist. Herbalist, <laughs> that's so We got right. the pronunciation stuff out of the way. Woo! For us, yeah, especially the Southerners. We're going into the holiday period. Most of us in this holiday period between, it seems like it starts on Halloween. Absolutely. And goes till January 3rd. At least. At least. And we're in this fight or flight sympathetic nervous system mode, which is the most unhealthy spot you can be in. So that's why I wanted to cover the mindfulness today. Plus, I love the blog you did on the path to easy weight loss. Yes. And many people don't get this. No, they don't. (laughs) So let's discuss a little bit about that path. What is mindfulness? Well, mindfulness is just a way of keeping yourself present in the moment, present in whatever situation is arising and being able to think about it consciously, clearly, and not emotionally, and then be able to function from a space of action, take action from a conscious space around whatever arises without getting emotional about it and having these knee-jerk reactions that are just basically our brain neural pathways just doing the same old, same old, like the same old reaction we've had all our life to get frustrated, get angry, those kind of things. It's instead being present in the moment, taking that breath and how can I act consciously and fully around this situation as opposed to freaking out like I always have done. And so it's just keeping yourself in that space. That's so important because... A lot of the disease comes from us never getting out of that sympathetic mode. Absolutely. As human beings, you know, we always have function in the parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest that you mentioned. We've always functioned in that space. And only, you know, when those weird occasions where we had to really put our sympathetic nervous system into action... But we've reversed that as humans. Now we very rarely function in the parasympathetic and we're always in that stressed out, go, go, go mode, even if it's just in our head. Right, exactly. And, and that's kind of what your blog was about, which I'll reference in, this, in, the, in the show notes. But talk about how, the weight loss aspect of mindfulness. Okay. Well, I always, that's one of the things I always try to, Like if I can just get my clients to move into that space of seeing how mindfulness and and just being 
aware of how they're functioning in the world and aware how they're making their choices that making being able to create a weight loss plan in your life is so much easier as opposed to most people just you know they just function from this space of shoving stuff in their face without any thought about what they're eating how much they're eating what they've done that day for physical activity so basically what they've earned to be able to eat what their body is capable of burning just so many things am i putting healthy food in my mouth and most of us don't even take the time to think about that because we're just rushing from one thing to the next and we have our culture has pulled us away from the fact that food is our basic nourishment and we live in this commercialized factory-made food so when people can come back to the space where they're being mindful about everything they do in their life, they start being more mindful about what they're putting into their mouth, into their body. And then, you know, eating things that don't, they aren't for the greater good. They don't nourish your body for, for pure health. You stop doing those things. So when I can get people into that space and where they grasp that concept and they're willing to use those tools of mindfulness, they will find that it's easier for them to, to stick with their plan of better lifestyle choices, better eating habits. Okay. In, instead of that knee-jerk reaction, going to the freezer, grabbing the ice cream, and eating the whole pint of Ben and Jerry's. Exactly. <laughs> now, I enjoy my pint of... I have a pint of Ben and Jerry's in the freezer right now. <laughs> what flavor? Urban bourbon. <laughs> I've never heard, I had that one. But that is... One of the things I, it's my once a month treat. And I consciously allow myself that luxury once a month. Absolutely. And good for you for doing that. And, you know, so that's something that I treat myself to as a way of saying, hey, you know, and it's okay. Right. It's the everyday habit of getting ice cream out of the freezer. (laughs) It's a little counterproductive. All right, let's talk about, in your, in your blog, you say, pick a mindfulness habit that works for you and start watching your life look like this. Let's pick a mindfulness habit that we should start with and walk us through how does someone practice mindfulness? Well, one of the things I just created literally in the last like maybe week and a half is this little 15-minute grounding mindfulness morning routine because I had a a few clients that were struggling with this. And I thought I've got to come up with something that they can do literally in 15 minutes or less, or I'm going to lose them because they can't fit it into their day. Right. So I, I said, you know, let's just sit down someplace in your house. that's quiet for five minutes, sit there and take five to 10 slow deep breaths. And I don't want you to think about anything, but the breath moving in and out of your body. And then when you get done doing that, just move into the space of, I want you to think about something yesterday that happened that you're grateful for. And then if you can think about something that today is going to happen that you're grateful for, that's it. Just two simple things that you're grateful for while you continue that slow, deep breathing. And then I gave them five yoga poses that they could do or not do if they want to get into doing postures. And just that grounding themselves being grateful, paying attention to breath and the flow of breath through the body. And then after they get done the five yoga poses, if they choose to do them, to just sit there again and take five slow grounding deep breaths 
and just say thank you. Thank you to yourself for taking this time to be present for that 10, 15 minutes before you move out into the day and all the hairy stuff that's going to happen along the way. And that's basically it because it's when we pull ourselves back to our breath and we can have conscious awareness around our breath, that's when we start building tools of mindfulness. Okay. Let's talk about these yoga poses for a minute. Okay. I am kind of a large, awkward guy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't bend well. No, most men don't. So, and I should, and I've been working on stretching more and working on my uh, foam roller and some other biohacks. Like I, I, I love my cryotherapy treatments, but what are some of the basic, like the five poses that you recommend? And we could put the pictures in the show notes, but are they there? They're, I mean, they're not these crazy ones like the grasshopper or whatever. The... <laughs> no, no, nothing that you have to twist yourself and weird. Okay. So basically what I did is I picked five poses that would, well, one, the first one is easy pose. It's just sit and cross-legged. And I know for men that can be difficult to sit cross-legged. Right. So there's ways that you can put like a little roll under your butt to lift your hips up. And then you can put blocks under your knees so that most people, their knees won't go to the floor and you know and sit cross-legged so there's ways you can make it comfortable for yourself so you're not sitting there for in agony um then downward facing dog just a standing pose where you bend your spine from side to side just a lateral side to side bending a plank pose which is basically upper push-up pose sphinx pose which is lying on your belly with a just a gentle back bend and then a twist if you're putting your butt down like you're going to sit into a chair and you twist your upper body one way and then the other way over that chair pose. And then that's it, lying on your back in corpse pose. Just to get, because part of being mindful is getting that flow of breath and the flow of life force energy around your spine. And so if you can move your spine in every direction it goes, forward fold, um, the side to side lateral movement, motion, the twist, gentle back bends, you're getting life force energy starting to flow through your spinal column. So it's all like part of the breath and mindfulness. So that's why I picked those poses to get all aspects of the spinal movement in. Now, this is kind of a, who should practice mindfulness, but realistically we all should practice mindfulness. Absolutely. (laughs) So what are some of the benefits of mindfulness? Well, Better digestion because you're putting yourself into that parasympathetic nervous system so that you're resting, you're digesting, your body is going to digest food better. And then the health aspect of that is if your body's digesting food better, the food is getting broken down into the nutritional value of it better so that it can circulate to your cells better. So you're going to have healthier body cells. So if you have healthier body cells, you as a human being are going to be healthier. And then there's all kinds of benefits like better sleep better blood pressure, less risk of cardiac problems. I mean, the list goes on and on. Your immune system is much healthier. So you're more likely going to avoid things like colds and flus. And if your immune system is healthier, you're less likely going to have autoimmune conditions. And right. I mean, it's, it's all like a snowball thing that around health. Let's talk a little bit about the mindfulness of eating. Okay. Because this is a big one. 
It is a huge one. It's something I'm guilty of because I put in a lot of hours in front of this computer and I tend to eat in front of this computer a lot. My lunch, my breakfast, my dinner, it's Yikes. pretty much spent in front of this box. I've been making a conscious effort lately of taking the time to go have dinner at the table. Good for you. But breakfast and lunch, I'm like, boom. You're working. You know, yeah. To sign up for my monthly newsletter, text RHCP. That's Rebel Health Coach Podcast or Red Hot Chili Peppers to 22828. Again, that's RHCP to 22828. Thank you and have an awesome day. Let's talk about the, the mindfulness of, the, of eating and, and some of the things that go along with that, including chewing, mindful chewing. And I'm just going to let you start because I, I, this is something that, you know, from the military, being in the military, we had like seven minutes to eat. Oh my God. (laughs) That's just torture. So you got your food and you had to eat. (laughs) So basically you didn't taste anything. You shovel it in. (laughs) And then you go. Right. Exactly. And that habit kind of has lived with me my life. So slowing to eat has been something that I need to practice. Mindfully. Right. (laughs) Yes. So it's making that conscious decision that you know you need to slow down when you're eating. And there's there's so many different things, so many different aspects of that that we could talk about. Like, for instance, in order for your body to properly digest food, it takes slow chewing. And the food, when it leaves your mouth needs to be in liquid form. So let's take a carrot, for instance. You're eating a raw carrot. If you chew it just five or six times, you've got all these little hard chunks of carrot that you're swallowing. And once they hit your digestive tract down there in your stomach, your digestive tract can only work on the outside of those chunks of carrot. So you're only going to get the nutrition that's like on the surface of those chunks of carrot. And then basically you're going to eliminate chunks of carrot. You know, they get broken down a little bit, but If in your mouth, you're slowly chewing it until that chunk of carrot is like carrot pudding in your mouth, now your body can completely digest every bit of that bite of carrot and get all the nutrients out of it. And the other part that happens is just the act of chewing is this slow process that is very calming, very parasympathetic nervous system activating. Every chew that you take of your mouth with your mouth your mouth is sending a message to your brain. Your brain is sending a message to your gut. Your gut is getting ready for that food to come. So the longer you spend time chewing, the more geared up your digestive tract is to actually do the work that needs to be done once the food gets there. So everything's going to happen much more efficiently. There's going to be a better flow of the digestive enzymes in the stomach, in the small intestine. Everything's going to function better. It's going to digest better. It's going to better nourish your body. And it's going to be much easier for your body to eliminate that as solid waste without being constipated because everything's slow and it's just a nice progress of your body. Does that make sense? Uh, total sense. <laughs> and, and how does this relate to acid reflux? Can we pull acid? Does this cause acid oh, reflux? Oh, yeah. You know, chewing food really fast and swallowing it really fast and in big chunks doesn't allow your body. Because when the food is in your mouth, 
there's much, um, the longer you chew, the more contact with saliva, which helps to break down the carbohydrates. If carbohydrates don't get that start of good breakdown in the mouth, once they hit your stomach, your stomach digests protein. It, the hydrochloric acid breaks down protein. So it's not really an, um, a, a carbohydrate digestion in the stomach. If you haven't done that carbohydrate work in the mouth, it's not going to happen well in the stomach. And then you create all kinds of um, disrupted digestion that basically wants to push back up and you get reflux. The stressfulness of eating fast, just that stress that has nothing to do with the food, it's more just the stress of eating fast and activating your sympathetic nervous system instead of the parasympathetic also creates this angst in the digestive tract. It's like making fists, everything is tight and tense and your digestive tract can't digest well if everything's tight and tense. So when your body can't digest well, what it wants to do is get rid of it and it's going to push it back up. And, and there's so much more that goes into that too, but chewing, long, slow chewing is so good for reflux. It also activates the hydrochloric acid release in the stomach, which you want to have a really high chloric acid in the stomach, the hydrochloric acid, right. because that's what helps to digest food. And a lot of the medications that are given for people with reflux are to suppress hydrochloric acid in the stomach, which is the last thing you want to do. You want to encourage your hydrochloric acid to be there for digestion. Right. So yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because those medications are counterproductive to say the least. Absolutely. And they cause so many other problems with you become deficient in things like magnesium and iron and protein amino acids and because of the lack of proper digestion. So they have so many, not only are they counterproductive, but they they cause all kinds of insufficiencies and deficiencies of nutrients. I mean, the, you and I both know that all disease begins in the gut. Absolutely. And so this is an important part of the gut is the chewing. What is the average amount of counts you should chew your food for? Well, if it's something like that raw carrot, I would say 30, 40 chews. And then if you think about that, if you're actually putting something in your mouth, that's like a creamy soup that's already in pudding consistency, still doing that chewing action with that liquidy stuff in your mouth and trying to hold it in your mouth and move it with that chewing action for as long as you can so that it's mixing with saliva. And even though it's already in liquid state, you still want to do that chewing action, which is one of the things I always laugh, like the whole smoothie craze in our culture. Right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not totally against smoothies. It's just we make these liquid meals and then we just run to the car with it in a container and we throw it back and drink it fast without any chewing. And it's very difficult for your body to digest that because you haven't done the saliva and chewing work. So, that's an awesome point. I didn't, I don't even, I never think about that. Yeah. People just, they chug their smoothies down and yeah. run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Now with juicing, especially, I mean, like when you're juicing vegetables, you're doing the same thing. Right. You need to chew it. You need to chew wow. that liquid. Yeah, we need. That's a good point. I want to talk a little bit about, is there a wrong way to practice mindfulness? I don't think so. I mean, if you're just creating conscious awareness around your breath, I'm not sure how you could do that wrong. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about mindfulness as far as 
some more ways to help people understand, like you said, goodbye soda and and uh, other sugary drinks. You know what? What are some of the other things that help us lose weight with mindfulness? Well, it's avoiding packaged processed foods and moving to eating whole natural foods the way nature gave them to us. And so when people practice mindfulness, that's one of the things that they'll notice is they start having more of awareness around what's good for their body and what's not good for their body. And before they know it, they're making conscious choices to put healthier foods into their lifestyle healthier lifestyle choices into their life and like they'll get from point a to point b and they'll look back and they'll see that they didn't even really notice how that change happened it's just when your body starts feeling good you want to feel better and so you just those changes just happen kind of as a natural progression okay you know it's just funny you mentioned that because i was at the grocery store yesterday and I, I I always observe people's carts. Me too. <laughs> it's like, and the sad part is, is I was standing in the checkout line. The sad part is, is, is the big food manufacturers make this food so cheaply. Because I was thinking of my myself, I buy like whole organic. And, but you think of a mother with three, you know, living on a tight budget. You know, I'm only feeding me. Exactly. So I was thinking about this because I saw a lady in line and she had a pack of carrots. And But next to the pack of carrots was a 12-pack of Coca-Cola. And, and then behind the carrots, the next thing on the cart was this bag of uh, those single pot- snacks, single potato chip snacks, like a whole like a assortment case of them right and i'm like i really part of me wants to you know reach out and ask them okay i see you've got the carrots but where does these other things fit in i know i want to start education when i look at people's carts too and i have to zip my mouth (laughs) i I do zip my mouth but sometimes i I want to say something because it just doesn't it doesn't make sense but we live in a society, in saying all that, we live in a society that is not, I mean, the commercials. And that was funny because she had these, what are those little goldfish things? Oh, those little goldfish crackers? Yeah, in the white bag. Yes. This one said it was made with whole grains. I, speci- I wanted to take a picture of it. And I was almost asked her if I could take a picture of that. Bo- because <laughs> it, it's like, really? I mean, I understand she's thinking that it, this is made with whole grains, so it's healthy for her. It's better, right? It's better. But it just kind of, of course, I'm the one with a pint of chunky monkey, so I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but it just, it, it amazes me. And, but to your point about mindfulness and the mindfulness of what we are putting in our bodies, and it's tough. I mean, it's tough as... A, I'm a, you know, we, you and I are both in the same field of coaching people to live healthier lifestyles. Right. But it's the sad reality of it is, is that processed food is cheap and healthy food is not cheap. It, yes, that is the truth. One of the things that I've told people over the years is 
even though healthier food is more seemingly more expensive, it's more, more nutrient dense. And so when you're putting higher levels of nutrients in your body for a lower calorie count, one, you're going to lose weight. But the other thing is you'll find that you eat less food. So that food may be more expensive, but your body needs less to satisfy it because you're putting the nutrients in. And most of the time when we feel hunger, like in people who eat processed packaged food a lot, when they feel hunger, their body's not crying out for more calories. It's not a lack of calories. They're crying out for nutrients. So when you start putting that more expensive nutrient-dense food into your body, you can feel good knowing that you're going to eat less of it. So there's a little bit of you know compensation there for... Right. You know, it's just making people see that and understand right. that. And the other thing I like to, you know, if if you can't afford organic vegetables, you know, there's of course there's CSAs, and a lot of people aren't familiar with uh, community with the CSAs. Right. Go to the frozen department and grab your vegetables if you have to. Right. You know? I mean, I eat fresh, but you know, you don't you don't have to eat fresh. Right. But and I'm only feeding one, and they're probably feeding three or four or five. And it gets expensive. Right. It does. So. Watch your choices and be mindful of your choices is is probably the best way to put it. Absolutely. Be mindful of your choices. And then do you have farmer's markets in your area? Yeah. Yeah, we have some big ones, actually. And that's the thing. Sometimes people aren't aware of that. And if you kind of can get them connected directly with the farmers through a farmer's market or a CSA, and then it opens this whole new world for them where they can buy directly from the farmer, which is going to be a whole lot cheaper than buying it through a grocery store right. or some sort of health food store. CSA is Community Supported Agriculture, but right. you can go to, I think it's csa.org. I think so. So I'll have that in the show notes. Let's talk a little bit about your, your morning routine and, and some of the things that to start our day in mindfulness. We touched base on it a little bit with the, the breathing, the yoga. Is there anything else you add to start your day? Well, I like how you said the going outside. I like to do that too. It was 26 degrees when I went outside this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so does it get that cold for you? That's Yes, it does get that cold, but it doesn't stay that cold for right, long. Right. Well, I think it's probably going to hit maybe around 46 today, but it was a little chilly when I went outside yeah. this morning. Um, but just getting that, like pay attention to sunrise and sunset. Because when we get our bodies back into that rhythm of being aware of the sunrise and the sunset, that is a really big mindfulness thing. The, sea, the change of the day, you know, the daylight hours, the change of the seasons. Um, when we pay attention to those, it's a really nice way to like bring mindfulness into our lives around other things. Instead of just running from, you know, moment to moment and job to job or whatever it is, when we bring ourselves back into those natural things, it makes us more mindful. Exactly. The more you multitask, the less mindful you are. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's like that whole thing. And I, I can be a pretty good multitasker and I can be doing six, seven things around the house at the same time while I'm trying to take care of client stuff. and. I have stopped doing that. I it's monotasking. I focus yeah. on one thing and do it well and then move on and stop like trying to keep in your head all these things that you're doing at the same time because it drives your brain crazy. Oh yeah. 
drives your body crazy. Exactly. Before we close out, let's talk a little bit about your books. Okay. Your first one, or I don't know, you can tell me the order they're in, but Early Morning Coffee and Donuts for Trending Body, Mind, and Soul. Well, the first one I wrote was um, the one called Hands on Health. Hands on Health, okay. And that was just a primer book, basically, to introduce people to healthy eating, making healthy lifestyle choices. Um, Because I found like in my coaching, I was repeating the same things over and over and over. And I just thought if it's in a book and they can read it, they can take me home with them. And then that way they're reminding themselves of it. Okay. That that was basically that. And then the early morning coffee and donuts, which that book is no longer available. I took it out of publication with the publisher and then working on republishing it. That was just daily mindfulness, like little quotes to get you thinking mindfully about your life, about your day. Because I used to send every morning to my clients, I used to send a mindfulness, something that would grab them in the morning that to make them think and just be mindful. I'd send emails every morning. And then as I got busier as a health coach, and I'm a mom, so you know how you got a million things going on. I started sending them every Monday morning to give them a bucket kick for the week. And then I sent them every Friday just to make them think about something to get through the weekend without drinking a six pack of beer every day and a pint of ice cream. (laughs) And I had so many clients say to me, your Monday and Friday inspirational emails were so helpful to me. And I thought, all right, I'm going to put them into some sort of book form Mm. where they can have it. And then the weaving healing, healing wisdom. That is um, a local lady that that's here. She lives about, I don't know, seven, eight miles from me. She is a mindfulness um, coach. And she called me up one day and she said, I want to write this book and I want you to write it with me. And I said, no, <laughs> I said, I'm, not, I'm not writing any more books. And then she said, well, just hear me out. So she literally like within 20 seconds, what she said she wanted to do and what she wanted this book to be like. I said, okay, Jenny, you got me. I will do it. So that's how that one came about. She wanted a book that would talk to people and explain to people how to be mindful and also bring in things, food, herbs, and lifestyle choices so that it was a, a like a package deal, how to be mindful and how to nourish your body, mind, and spirit well so that you can continue to be mindful. and. Yeah, it's a very good book. Oh, thank you. We had yeah. so much fun writing it. I bet. I bet. I, now, I'm not in saying that. I'm looking at pictures of yoga and trying to figure out how to put my body in that. <laughs> I still haven't put that together. <laughs> but I've talked to um, one of the yoga studios here in my area, and that's what I said that they need to do. You need to teach a man-specific yoga class so that you're making alterations in the posture for men's uh, bodies that aren't as flexible. Good point. And so I'm, I'm working on them doing that. And we have a man teaching yoga in the area now. So hopefully he'll pick up on that. Okay. What is your favorite herb? Nettles, stinging nettles. Definitely. Okay. What are stinging nettles good for? Stinging nettles, in my mind, everything. It's an herb that is a very high nutrient and so it's very good for nourishing the body cells 
But then specifically, people use them for allergies. If you have seasonal allergies and you take stinging nettles, um, it will help huh. to keep your seasonal allergy allergies more manageable. Okay. Um, it's also, it's good for oh, so many different things. Like any herbal formula I create, like if it's a tea or a tincture, you can bet stinging nettles going to be in it. Because if you nourish the body cells, the other herbs are going to work better. Okay. I use stinging nettles and everything. It's my favorite. Okay. Okay, cool. Now, before we go, I ask this of all my guests. If you had an hour to kill or a couple hours to kill, what album or artist would you listen to? Uh, John Hyatt. Okay. I love John Hyatt. Yeah, any John Hyatt album. What was the name of that one song about the, uh, the one I love? The one I... Did he do the one I love or was that? Yes. Yep. About the girl with one eye? No. 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 That is. Uh, Lyle Lovett. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. I, I got them. Yeah. John Hyatt. Yeah. He's I love John Hyatt. He is amazing. Well, that's cool. Thank you for jumping on with me today. Please send me the poses for the yoga. I will. I'll send you that. So I can put these in the show notes. Also. Where can listeners find you? My website. Oh, yep. It's my name, Paula Umel, Y-O-U-M as in Mary, E-L-L, PaulaUmelRN.com. Okay. And and I'll put Pot- that in the show notes. Yep. I'm in Potsdam, New York. <laughs> if you want to come to Potsdam. Where's Potsdam? Um, it's north of Lake Placid. Everybody knows where Lake Placid is yeah. because of the 1980 Olympics. Right. So I'm about... Two hours, not quite two hours, maybe an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes north of Lake Placid, headed okay. towards Montreal. So, I got a buddy of mine that's going to be up there training for the bobsled team. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and I guess that's where they're holding their training at. In Lake Placid, yes. Yeah. They, they have an amazing bobsled run. Yeah, he's a pusher, whatever that means. He does the pushing and then jumps in the back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right. Thank you very much, Paula. And have a great day. Thank you for having me. You too. Thank you for joining in today with the Rebel Health Coach, Tom Underwood. And be sure to subscribe to the show so you can catch all the episodes. With desire and commitment, you can implement a lifestyle of wellness and fitness. For the support, encouragement, and tools you need to be successful, visit TomUnderwood.net.